podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to episode 31 of the Dish Notice podcast. Apologies for the no-show last week. I was feeling very, very unwell. And unfortunately, when you're a one-man band, if I go down, then it's all peak. But nevertheless, we're back on track. This episode is is going to be predicated around local economic growth. And this may sound like a bunch of jazz at the moment, but it's basically why we see an, an imbalance in terms of prosperity for the average person between regions in the UK, within regions, shall I say. People in the, in the South, mainly London, Reading, Slough, earn a lot more than people in Northern regions, whether it be Liverpool, Manchester, Sunderland, Stoke-on-Trent, etc. And there is, there is reasons for this. And we don't really see enough focus on this in the, in the mass media from politicians for reasons I will detail later. But I believe it's very important for us to know. And maybe with this information, if you have any relatives or like young people, I think especially for young people, there may be some information that can help family members or generations down the line. Maybe a bit optimistic, but whatever. Anyway, enough of the jazz in. All right, cool. First, I want to talk about the change in population in cities. So if we look at the previous census, and the census is like a massive, basically like a massive survey that everybody, well, that is sent out to people in the UK, and that's how we get like official data for how many people in the UK and what demographics do they belong to, so on and so forth. So from 2001 to 2011, the population in London went up by 6%. Population in Manchester went up by 3%. And the population in Sandra went up by 2%. But if you look at what it was previously, it was, like in Sunderland, there was like a minus 1.3% population growth, but it's now gone up, which has gone up by 2%. Why this is significant is manufacturing industries benefit from less populated cities. Yeah? And you're starting to see that in the UK, well, for quite a while now, but surely it should be evident that UK is a surface-based industry, whether it be um, professional services, so you have your law, you have the legal sector, you have the county, and you have banking and finance, whether it's um, teaching or offering services like masseuses or whatever, we are a service-based economy. We're not known for making stuff like let's say the Chinese, for example, like textiles, etc. Um, a fun fact, the UK doesn't have enough resources to actually produce enough food to feed itself. If every country could only eat what they produced, the UK would die. Well, we'll die via starvation. So that's a fun fact. So we are seeing a move for over a, a prolonged period of time, more and more from a manufacturing industries, to, to manufacture from a manufacturing economy, sorry, to a service economy. It's been going on for ages, but it's even more prevalent now. And this is a problem. If you leave, if you live in the northern regions where traditionally they're more manufacturing type industries, and the manufacturing industry is declining, then as so does your opportunity of prosperity. 
Now, I want to talk about skilled labour briefly. And obviously, the more skilled you are as a, a member of the labour force, the more likely you are to earn a higher salary. Because if you're more skilled, you're likely to be more productive. If you look at areas with degree education, so we have Oxford, that's 53.7%. So more than half of the people in Oxford have a degree, which is quite amazing. Edinburgh in Scotland, 47.4%. Then we've also got London, 40.9%, the most popular city in the UK. If we compare that with the actual national average, the national average is way below that. It's actually a quarter. So one in four people in the UK have a degree. If you compare that with London, it's 40%. So you're seeing that there is a significant gap in terms of high-skill labour if we're using degrees as as a metric between London and the average... um, of the United Kingdom. And quite ironically, if we look at migrants, one third of migrants have a degree education, which is actually higher than the national average. So the average migrant is more skilled than the average UK national, which as much as the mass media and the government won't want you to believe and try and manipulate otherwise, it makes sense. Why would you go to another country where you don't know their skills, that you don't know the culture, may not know the language, you don't have any connections, without no skills, without no tools that succeeds. It doesn't make sense. It will be even harder for you in your own nation where you have a support network and you know, and you kind of know the roads, for lack of a better term. I was looking at a report um, that JP Morgan were involved with. I forgot the corner of the report. I apologise for that. I'll link it to the podcast that migrants from both the EU-15, so those like the original member states, states like Germany, France, England, etc., and the new member states, so that's the more the eastern regions, actually have higher employment rates than non-migrants, which is quite ironic because the propaganda is that these people coming in, not doing anything, scrounging, raping, killing, doing all types of madness, but they actually are more likely to be employed. And it makes sense. They are less likely to know the loopholes in the system here because they're not from here. So how will they come here and know what to do? It's ridiculous. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. Anyway, back to high-skilled workers. High-skilled workers live in areas of high productivity. How do we know this? Well, as a business, as an employer, you will not pay workers above... You not know you will not knowingly pay above you not you will not sorry you will not knowingly pay a worker above their productivity level because you'll be making a loss. And it is your job to know the productivity level. There's there's all types of metrics that employers use by kind of working out how how efficient and how productive each member of staff is on a per unit basis. So the the logic is, the more productive you are, the higher you'll be paid. And if there are certain areas where there's higher pay, that means those areas exhibit higher productivity. And this is shown in the London region and the kind of surrounding areas, so like Slough and Redden, they have the highest pay, much higher than areas like Manchester, Stoke, Blackpool, etc. So it's evident there's a clear disparity within within the UK. Disparity in house prices, disparity in Disparity in productivity, which of course leads to a disparity in opportunities and money. 
But what is the what are the biggest drivers of this? And to me, it's people. People are the biggest drivers of this because it is up to the individual and the government to give the individual as much opportunity to be as skilled as possible. And if the skilled people tend to be one place, that's where the disparity is going to be. Now, um, the Labour government spent bucket loads on regional development, like tons and tons of money. Obviously, their hearts are in the right places and probably weren't to grab votes, but that's neither here or there. Um, that didn't, nothing really changed in terms of relative wages between 1998 and 2008. There wasn't any dramatic change, despite millions and billions of pounds being um, poured into these initiatives. It is still London, Red and Slough, clearly, high, clearly the highest paid regions. Market forces also play a big role in on uneven development. Governments fail to realise these market market forces. It's even funny because like you now you're seeing um, law firms and financial firms starting to kind of branch out into more northern regions to open like branches. So you see like KPMG or Nabarro or or RPC, all these different firms, City, RBS, Barclays. They'll have offices all all different areas of the UK, and in those areas you can afford to pay staff members less you'll save money on you save money on um staff but also you may lose out on productivity because they are less likely to be skilled as skilled sorry should i say governments fail to recognize the economic factors and they spend they spend so inefficiently they'll spend loads on sports and culture developments like we've seen stuff like wembley the olympics i'm sure so many of you have seen fancy new libraries or all these fancy cultural, quote-unquote cultural developments that have been put in your local communities. But what does that really do? Like, how does that improve the employability and earning potential of the people within that community? Surely spending more money on employment training, so teaching people new skills, teaching people how to use computers, teaching people how to plumb, teaching people how to be electronic, electricians sorry for my pronunciation all these different initiatives like actually giving people skills that the actual labor the market forces demand surely will be better use of money there's a thing in economics called opportunity cost and i'll give you kind of a layman's definition opportunity cost is what you are foregoing when you make a certain choice so as i always say resources are finite there's unless you're playing gta there's no such thing as unlimited money. There's no such thing as unlimited resources. Everything is scarce, right? For example, even if you look at the Middle East, even their oil money, oil is scarce. We're going to start dipping into oil reserves eventually. And that's why they started to make changes. Now, 2018, we're going to see um, VAT, or 5% rate, added in the United Arab, Arab Emirates and, other, and Saudi Arabia and other regions will follow because they need to start making money elsewhere. But to the point, opportunity costs. For every pound you spend on product X is a pound potentially lost spending on product Y. So, for example, if you have a £10 note and you decide to go cash out at Nando's, grab a young half chicken, yeah, the opportunity cost of that £10 is maybe you, I don't know, topping up your Oyster card or you buying groceries. Like that's, that's an opportunity cost. And opportunity cost is something that is very, very pivotal to most of us, in terms of our budgeting as parents or young men and women, 
living in a very expensive um, society, but especially government governing bodies. Because for every pound we spend on on healthcare, a pound less than we can spend on research and development, or education, or or defence, or transportation. The opportunity cost of us with these fancy dancy initiatives on cultural and sports developments is on more. I believe more efficient uses in terms of actually developing hard skills for the young people in all regions, not just London, but especially in the northeast, the northwest, because those areas have less opportunities and obviously, of course, less prosperity. Another, I'll give you another example: of opportunity costs. We're spending in the autumn statement. I did a podcast on as well. You can check it out. It's a bit outdated, but whatever. 2016, what statement, Phil Hammond announced that we're going to see pledge well, £1 billion spending on broadband, getting broadband all over the gaff. £1 billion, 1,000 million. How crucial is this expenditure to the prosperity and obtaining skills for people, let's say, in the northeast region? Not very fundamental, in my opinion. What can be done? I don't know, invest in areas they can maximise. I don't know, investing more money in schools, diversifying the curriculum so it can capture all types of students and all types of learners, providing funds for local um, councils and governments to have workshops and trying to gain people skills, hard skills that can help them earn money and provide for themselves in the future, making people obtain these skills from young ages, and then we got then we call hope for a trickle down. Treating people fair does not equate to treating people the same. Like I'm sure many of you have seen that picture of let's say there's two people trying to watch a trying to watch a let's say an event, and obviously if there's people taller than them, one person might need a leg up so they can see. That's treating them fair. They're not being treated the same as maybe somebody who's six foot who can see, but they're but that's treated fair because they can now see the event because obviously they're let's say they're five foot one, <laughs> and they couldn't see above the crowd. So treating people fair does not does not equal treating people the same. I always use the example because um, with um, car insurance, I know the men them were not gonna like this, but I think recently we changed the laws where you can't offer men and women completely different premiums. But that's not cheating people fair because insurance is not about being the same and being an equality. Insurance is about risk. And if men are more likely to are more likely to be involved in accidents and stuff like that, then they should be charged a higher premium if the, if the statistics justify that. So that's the issue of politics. They, be, they believe fair, well, they tell us that fair and equal is the same thing. And it's not. And the government is too scared to admit one, they don't know what they don't know what they're doing because who's gonna vote for government that does that openly admit they don't know what they're doing? Which is bad when you think about it because we can't always have the answers and we should expect our governments to be honest with us, but we don't. And also they don't want to show priority to certain regions if they don't believe it will gain them votes. And you know, guys know that I've been listening from episode one or reading my tweets or reading my blogs. I've been telling you people that the priority of the government is to gain re-election. It's not to do what's in the best interest of us, 
because being a government official is a job, it is a career, it pays their bills. It's not voluntary. These people don't wake up and go, oh, I'm going to serve my country, I'm going to be an MP and not get paid anything. It's not a volunteer, it's not a volunteer thing, it's a career. And some, some man and some young ladies or old ladies, middle-aged, whatever, may want to get from the back benches to the big dog seats and they will do what needs to be done to get a re-election. And if that is doing half ass projects or doing stuff that they know they have limited economic knowledge of that's going to work, they'll do it because it will gain votes. We've seen, we've seen it in the policies of some of our previous um, campaigners. But yeah, that's my podcast on local, e- local economic growth, why there's an issue, what can be done, and it's something to look out for. So if I know quite a few of my listeners listen from outside of London, London's a jungle. It's expensive to live here. But if you could find like an area like maybe outside London, which is a lot cheaper to live in and overpay for transportation, this is where the money's at. This is where the money's at. But yeah, thank you for listening. I hope this information was helpful and opened your eyes a bit. And try to look out and see how often you hear our Theresa Mays of the world, Boris Johnson's, Corbyn's, etc. actually address these issues. In fact, I'm actually going to a talk show tomorrow, which will be probably the day you're listening to on Monday, with the with the gentleman who's looking to be the Lib Dem MP. So I want to see if he raises this, raises this, and I'll ask him a few questions for you guys. But yeah, thanks for listening. Please, 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 on iTunes, subscribe and write a review. Or just give me five stars. Just let me shoot out them charts, B. It's very easy. Just search my name, Dysonomics, click on the podcast, scroll to the bottom, slap five stars, Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. I think that's the saying. And oh yeah, also, follow on SoundCloud, retweet, tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.